This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Coming up on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I feel like we've been asking this question a lot lately, but what is going on with this Bloodline storyline? It's getting chaotic. It's getting crowded. I have no earthly idea. And hey, we also have an update on those Edge to AEW rumors. Stay tuned. This is the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, and this is the SmackDown Reaction. to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. This is the SmackDown Reaction, and I am your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me and the Believe Network bringing you this podcast at least twice a week. Listen up, guys. What's really going on? with this bloodline story i mean can we can we be real for a second now okay let let me let me start with the positives all right i i like to start with the positives here number one i really like that they are like really interacting with every other act on the roster right now on smackdown so they had interactions with the judgment day the oc they had interactions with LA Knight. Like, it's really getting pretty interesting how they're, like, diving into just every different storyline. And it's all in a way that kind of makes sense, but that can kind of, like, leave you on cliffhangers at the same time. And what I find most interesting about that is, like, you have to think about who's going to be the next challenger for Roman Reigns. And... The challenger for Roman Reigns has to come from one of these stories, right? So, if you haven't seen, recently this week, LA Knight and WWE have been working out a new long-term deal. Now, I'm hearing this thing could be for up to, like, five years, which is crazy considering they thought he was too old just a few months ago to wrestle. And they had him working with Maximum Male Models as their manager because they thought he was too old to push as a competitor in the ring. And now LA Knight has taken himself and projected himself as the top babyface on SmackDown, according to WWE's internal listing. If you don't know, they keep an internal listing of their superstars and who is, you know, ranked basically as the top heels, the top babyfaces, and everything below. And L.A. Knight has found himself to the top of that list. And you have to think Roman Reigns versus L.A. Knight is on its way. And the reason why is because tonight, L.A. Knight and Paul Heyman had their very first interaction 
since LA Knight has uh, taken on this megastar momentum. And LA Knight and Paul Heyman basically had a tense kind of moment where Paul Heyman was backstage with Adam Pierce having a discussion with him. LA Knight bursts in, demands his match with The Miz, which Adam Pierce approves and makes official for next week. So I can't wait to react to that one. And Paul Heyman is like, hey, we haven't formally met, you know, like, nice to meet you. I'm a big fan, you know, heel sarcasm. And he says, hey, next time the guy at the door tells you that Paul Heyman's in here doing business, make sure you knock first. And, you know, that's obviously planting seeds down the line for Roman Reigns versus L.A. Knight, which should be really fun. I don't see L.A. Knight taking the title from Roman, but L.A. Knight should be in those programs. He's the most popular babyface on the roster. You can't just have him in the mid-card forever. And another storyline that they're plugging is AJ Styles versus the Bloodline. And this one is interesting because AJ Styles keeps getting told by Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, hey, don't get involved in this Bloodline business, da-da-da-da-da. And there's some tension forming within their stable because AJ Styles is getting involved in Bloodline business because AJ Styles feels disrespected, so he wants to fight. You know, and um, he's he beat Jimmy Uso last night, even with... Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman at ringside. Jimmy Uso still lost to AJ Styles. But then that's where it got, like, weird. Because AJ Styles, you know, he wins. He's backing up the ramp. He's celebrating. And all of a sudden, out comes Damian Priest and Finn Balor to attack AJ Styles. And they throw him into the ring for Solo to hit him with the mandible spike. And it's like, okay, wait. Hold on. Where did this come from? What is going <laughs> What is happening? The bloodline, to me right now, is interacting with every top act except for Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. And Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits are now interacting with the Judgment Day. And, you know, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily something to complain about, right? Like, stories with layers and interactions between everybody is good i mean that's how the real world works right we don't just interact with one person at a time like we have multiple different relationships in our lives with friends family members co-workers all kinds of stuff that we you know we sift through in our our lives why not try to make that happen in wwe as well if you've ever watched a really good tv show by the way you'll see that that TV show has multiple different storylines and stuff going on, you know, at the same time. And those storylines kind of interact with each other and intertwine. Even if it's not directly, they still like, you know, they have the storylines have relationships with each other. And, you know, I, I just feel like the Bloodline one is like, it's really like it's hard to keep up with right now. But at the same time, I will say this is the first week. That I believe that they've really had this type of interaction with everybody. And going forward, you know, as long as they're consistent with this thing, you know, we'll catch up as fans. We'll catch up. We'll get, you know, up to speed and start being able to follow every different storyline that they're trying to paint. Uh, and everything will be fine. Now, the one that I can't really understand or get with, and I have to be honest with this one. The Jimmy Uso thing is just not making sense to me at all. 
um, you know, Jimmy didn't approach Solo and Paul Heyman first about getting back into the bloodline. Solo approached Jimmy first. So why does Solo and Paul Heyman keep trying to give Jimmy the cold shoulder like they didn't just approach him to tell him that he's back in the bloodline? That's where my confusion lies. And then it's like, I, I, I don't know. Like, again, I, I think I mentioned it last week. It's just like, you know, you can tell Jimmy is not this person in real life, like this a-hole kind of guy. So it's, it's tough for him to play it on television and to make it convincing. I will say, though, he was better this week than last week. So maybe, you know, with repetition and time. He'll, like, you know, really mesh into the character. But Jey Uso is clearly on Monday Night Raw, like, just doing great. Just thriving in that role as the one of the top baby faces Because he's really, like, that type of guy in real life. So, like, he's over there. He just gets to be himself every week. Like, there's no, there's no real difference between Jey Uso and John Fatu. And... You know, it shows on television. Now, Jimmy, on the other hand, is going to have to figure out a way to kind of... He's going to have to figure out a way to make this work. And, you know, be more convincing. Now, I did like... I liked the backstage segment with Jimmy and Paul Heyman this week. I thought that one was executed really well. You know, they start off with... You know, Paul Heyman, he's he's back there. Jimmy approaches him. He's like, hey, um, you know, I'm in. I'm in the bloodline. I'm I'm back. I'm in. And Paul's like, yeah, you're in, but you're not really in. And so Roman Reigns says that you're in. You know, he offered you all this stuff. He offered you the car, the yacht, the house, all this stuff, and you turned him down. And he's not going to forget that. So... Until he says you're in, you're not all the way back in. And Jimmy's like, all right, whatever, cool. And then Paul walks away and, uh, you know, he runs into AJ Styles, who Jimmy has the match with later. And AJ Styles and him have a tense confrontation that involves AJ Styles ending up, you know, uh, pressing him up against a wall. You know, who you talking to? You ain't got no clout around here. Watch your mouth and all this stuff. And here comes Jimmy and Jimmy attacks AJ Styles. And uh, Paul Heyman seems impressed. And, you know, he does that thing where he's like, hey, Siri, call Roman Reigns. And, you know, obviously, you know, that means that he's going to put in a good word. But I don't know how good that word is going to end up being now that Jimmy has lost to AJ Styles in the main event of SmackDown. So, you know, I, I just I guess I have questions about what specifically they're going to do with Jimmy going forward. Like, what's the end game with him? Where does he end up? when this storyline is is over because obviously like it's obvious with solo that they want him to be one of the top stars of the next decade right like when roman's done you know i believe solo will be the one that ends up being like tribal chief even i mean if if they're still keeping that bloodline thing going like they might not mention it as much for solo when he's you know a top heel but my point is i think he's going to be a top heel um, even if they don't use the bloodline storyline and the tribal chief stuff as much 
to catapult him or to elevate him because they might not need to and it might grow stale by the time you know he's in that spot so you know I think um you know obviously they're grooming him for that spot obviously Jay Uso was being groomed for main event Jay Uso who he is now who's going to be a world heavyweight championship contender uh very soon uh, be interesting to see if he wins that championship I don't think people would be too mad about that if he did uh but jimmy i just don't know what the end game for jimmy is like what what is our goal here um that like i i hate to i hate to use that moniker of oh we'll just have to wait and see but like that's really what we're gonna have to do when it comes to jimmy because it's very very unclear what their direction is about to be Uh, i just hope it's a good one for everybody involved and I just hope that this bloodline intertwining with every storyline on SmackDown thing ends up going really well. Um, Because this is a difficult one to pull off, but, like, they've done so good with this story for three years that, hey, you know, give them a chance. And, you know, another thing they've done is, like, really make these other acts relevant enough to be in a situation with the bloodline where you don't, you don't just get the feeling that they're just feeding talent to the bloodline, right? Like when you look at the judgment day, you don't think to yourself, Oh, if they get in the ring with the bloodline, they're going to bury the judgment day. No, you really don't know what they're going to do. If that were to ever happen, you don't know what's going to happen. If Bobby Lashley and the street profits interact with the bloodline, because they're being built up strong. Now you don't know what's going to happen with LA Knight when he interacts with the bloodline because he's been built up so strong now you don't know what's going to happen with AJ Styles the OC you don't know what's going to happen and I think that's a great thing I think it's a great thing when you don't know what's coming because everybody's being built up so strongly that there's always a chance that somebody could win always an opportunity that somebody could sneak away with a victory honestly it was the same thing with the Shinsuke Nakamura match with Seth Rollins, right? Like, I think we all knew deep down Shinsuke isn't winning this because Seth Rollins is bringing in too much money right now as champion. It wouldn't make sense for Shinsuke to take it. But they built up Shinsuke so strong that you were like, well, I can't just completely dismiss this match because there's a chance that something might happen. Same thing with Chad Gable with Gunther. They built him up so well that you're like, okay, there's a chance. I can't just fully dismiss this. There's a chance. That hadn't really been the case in a lot of situations in the past few years, especially when it came to Roman Reigns matches. Like, you knew Riddle wasn't going to beat Roman Reigns on a random SmackDown for the Universal Championship. You knew Cesaro wasn't going to win in the Thunderdome. Like, there's certain opponents that step to the plate that you know they don't have a chance, not because of their ability but because of how WWE is using them and portraying them and who they're going up against. Like, if it doesn't make sense for business, it ain't happening, no matter how good it makes you guys feel. So just, Jimmy, man, what what are they going to do with you? I have no idea. But I do know what's coming when we come back. It's the three count. We're going to talk about Edge to AEW. Is it happening? Is it not? I've got the answers for you. I've got them. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast.
Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast with your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. That's A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me and the Believe Network. And you guys know what time it is. It's the three count. Puck in the leg! He did it! He did it! So for count number one, Edge to AEW, Tony Khan. Did you get your man? Are we going to see the return of Edge and Christian? Are we going to see Edge versus Darby Allin? Are we going to see Edge versus Hangman Adam Page? Edge versus John Moxley? Edge versus Kenny Omega? The answer is no. Not for the foreseeable future. How do I know this? Well, Edge has just been added to the new SmackDown intro opening package. Yes. That means he still is considered a part of the WWE family. And you know, WWE is very quick to remove people from these opening packages when they are no longer part of the company, part of the family, or when they sign somewhere else. And Edge is included in the new package that just debuted last night. So that means Edge is not going to be playing in Tony Khan's world anytime soon. Does that mean it can't happen in the future? Absolutely not. But I do doubt that it will happen. I believe Edge is really done with the whole wrestling thing for the time being. Really can see him going really back into his acting. You know, he did a lot of stuff while he was retired, and I can see him picking that right back up. He was really good, so I don't see why he wouldn't do it. Plus, I'm pretty sure he wants more time with the family. His body probably hurts. He has daughters that he'd like to spend more time with doing their homework, taking them to school, and things of that nature. But, man, you got to know, when you're a wrestler, you're always going to get that itch that has to be scratched to come back do one more match, one more segment, one more something. I believe Edge will be back in a ring. I just don't believe it will be in AEW, and I don't believe it'll be anytime soon. That'll bring us to count number two. Gable Steveson. What is WWE doing with this man? Okay, so first of all, Gabe Steveson, two-time national champion in wrestling. This man's a beast absolute beast was being hailed as the next Kurt Angle pretty much because of his Olympic gold medal that he also won Gabe Steveson just cannot seem to stay consistently on the roster and now when he first started training there were reports that there were frustrations with the trainers because he just wasn't learning fastly enough I guess they were expecting him to learn at the same rate that Kurt Angle learned but it just did not end up happening. He made his debut on NXT. You know, he did that whole storyline with Eddie Thorpe and the Raw Underground stuff. Had some pretty cool moments in there, uh, you know, giving some belly-to-belly suplexes. And then that led to the Great American Bash, where he took on Baron Corbin in his debut match. And the crowd hated Gabe Stevenson. They absolutely despised him. They turned on him. And he hasn't been seen since. Um, 
I don't know what's going on. He's been removed from the NXT roster, according to Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer Radio. And there's really no signs of, like, any type of use. You know, they they made this really big deal out of, out of him. And, you know, they introduced him at WrestleMania in front of the big crowd. They were like, hey, we just want to show you Gabe Stevenson. Yeah, he exists. He's here. Look at him. And nothing really significant has happened with him since. Now, I know he's been busy, you know, but he just dropped out of the World Cup, I believe. So, like, how busy can he possibly be that he can't be used on some type of roster? I don't know. It's it's weird to me. You know, you could easily put him with this. You know, this is just fantasy booking, right? But you could easily put him with that whole roster of, I mean, not the whole roster, the stable of Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits and really make something cool happen there. I don't, they, they've got to figure something out with the guy. I mean, you can't just not use him. I mean, I don't know what his desire is to wrestle. I don't know if he got into the business and was like, you know, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. I don't know what's going on with, with Gabe. But I do know this is turning into kind of a disaster for WWE when it comes to Gabe Stevenson. It just has not been working out, and I have no idea what's going on with it. I just hope they find the solution soon, and everybody can benefit from him being a part of the roster. Now, I know a lot of people are sour on him as a human being for reasons that I won't get into on my show, but if you want information on that you can look up his court case i don't that's all i'll say i can't really say whether he is guilty or innocent because i'm not going to slander his character i don't know i wasn't there and he's not facing any consequences for the situation so but that's just some background information people are kind of sour on him in general and uh, it's going to be hard to get him over as a babyface in this company because when people look at him, they see either that situation or they see what they perceive to be a Kurt Angle ripoff. Now, I've personally had interactions with Gabe Stevenson. He was cool to me. We had a conversation. He was cool. Everything was great. But I can understand people's reservations about him based off of that situation and the Kurt Angle comparisons and pretty much anything else they can point out to not like about the guy. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, WWE, you made a big deal about this guy. You got to find a way to use him. You just have to. You just have to. And our last count of the episode, John Cena returns next week and he will be a special guest on the Grayson Waller effect. Now, he wasn't here on SmackDown in Boston, which was really sad, because that's his hometown, that's the crowd that, like, you don't want him to miss, like, that's the Cena crowd right there, so, really sucks for them that they didn't get to see John Cena, um, but he was in India doing the Superstar Spectacle, which apparently went really, really well, um, rave reviews about it, but, you know, you'd like to have Cena in Boston, you know, that day. That's that's kind of unfortunate. And I'm sure the logistic team, you know, when they planned out these 
locations and venues because they're planned out like far in advance. I'm pretty sure they didn't expect to really have Cena right now. Like the SAG AFTRA strike really is what opened up John Cena to be able to be in WWE right now weekly. I'm pretty sure when they scheduled it, when they scheduled the Superstar Spectacle and SmackDown on the same day, they didn't expect to have Cena. But when you have Cena and you have a Superstar Spectacle show in India and a show in Boston, you got to send Cena to the one in India. You just have to. He's going to push ticket sales through the roof. And it's a milestone moment for him. He probably really wanted to go. He's been in Boston plenty of times at this point. And yes, he always loves going back to his to his hometown. Now he is from West Newberry, but Boston is the town that they run in Massachusetts. So hey, hometown for John Cena, Boston. Of course, he loves running that that venue. Of course, he loves running that city. But he's never performed in, in India until the Superstar Spectacle happened. And you know, honestly, life is short. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. And when you have a chance to knock a milestone, a bucket list item off of your list. You got to kind of say, sorry if I hurt your feelings, but this is what I got to do. And that's what he did. So good on him. Good on John Cena for making that decision for himself. I personally think it worked out really, really well. Uh, Of course, like I said, the reviews were really great for the show. And um, John Cena got to knock off something that he's always wanted to do. So good for him. Congratulations, John Cena. Really sorry, Boston, but the Grayson Waller effect will have John Cena next week. And last time we had a Grayson Waller effect, it was a big segment with Jay Uso returning and revealing that he was the newest member of Monday Night Raw. Now, what didn't end up happening this week that I thought was going to happen was us revealing who was getting, I mean, who what superstar, excuse me, SmackDown was getting in return for Jey Uso. I thought that was going to happen this week, but it didn't. I still think it's going to be Cody, but they did advertise Cody for Raw on Monday, so they might not have wanted to debut him tonight because then it wouldn't make sense for him to be on Raw, and that would be a false advertisement and all that stuff. So they have a plan. We'll see who that superstar is when we see who that superstar is. They might save the reveal for a big show of some kind. Uh, you know, one where maybe Roman shows up or something, and then he's having a segment, and then that new superstar interrupts Roman Reigns, you know, hey, I'm the newest superstar to SmackDown, and I'm coming for your title. You know, hey, I'm just saying, it might be me. I might be the superstar. I might be the superstar, because that promo that I just cut a few seconds ago, that sounded good. That sounded really good, Okay. Next time we see you on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, though, it will be that Raw reaction, okay? And Cody will be on that show, and we will react to what Cody does on that show because that is what we do here on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. We also have some really cool interviews coming up with a bunch of different people that I'm super excited to give you guys. Oh, man. You guys are going to love these interviews. As I've told you before, this podcast isn't just for the fan. It's also for the aspiring pro wrestler. So the episodes that are coming out with these interviews are designed to help the aspiring pro wrestler ascend in this business. And not just the aspiring pro wrestler, but anyone who wants to do anything in this business 
this podcast is for you. So share it with your friends, share it with your family, anybody who wants to get into this business in any way, shape, or form. I don't care if it's in the ring, behind the camera, at the commentary desk, as a ring announcer, I don't care what it is. We're going to have an episode just for you, and I cannot wait to bring you guys those episodes. But for now, you guys stay blessed and stay safe. I'm Alfonso McCree Jr. A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-A-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me. I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.